If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you, and what a special Erev Shabbos it is today. All sorts of great things are happening this Erev Shabbos, and tomorrow Shabbos itself. First of all, we have a double Parsha, Matot and Masay, a double Parsha, which brings us to the conclusion, the end of the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers. And of course, had we been in Shul tomorrow, we would all together call out as we conclude the Double Parsha, Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazek. It is Shabbos Chazak when we call out for strength, to strengthen ourselves, to strengthen each other. And now I would say more than at any other time, we need to strengthen ourselves and to strengthen each other. Today's era of Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av. Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, a very special time. Had we been in Shul, we would be taking out two Sifrei Torah, two Torah scrolls to read not only the double portions of the week, but we would also take out a second Torah to read the portion dealing with Rosh Chodesh. Indeed, an exceptionally important. At this time of the year, as I mentioned last week, when the morning of the destruction of the first and second temple intensifies with Rosh Chodesh of Menachem of the nine days begin, the nine days that lead up to Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av being that 24-hour fast, which is a day of extreme sadness, a day that we commemorate with great sadness, the destruction not only of the first, but the second temple as well, with the consequent exiles of the people, first with Babylon and the second time with Rome. And this is why, with the beginning of the nine days, our minds turn to moments of introspection and sadness. It's a time that during the nine days we commemorate with actual dimensions of mourning as well. We don't drink wine, we don't eat meat, unless it is a Udah Mitzvah. It is a special type of feast, like a Brit Milah, circumcision, or some who actually have a seum ending a tractate of the Talmud, but otherwise we don't. We don't buy new clothes, etc., etc., all sorts of restrictions to emphasize, to remind us, to underscore the sadness. But at the same time, it's Rosh Chodesh. And Rosh Chodesh is, as I mentioned last week, a time of great joy, the reappearance of the moon, the reappearance of light, the reappearance of that which tells us darkness is coming to an end. And of course, this Shabbos is mentioned, Shabbos Chazak, a Shabbos of strength, a double portion of the Torah, coming together at this particular time, all these divine energies, all these powerful gifts from God, they come together, and obviously coming together, not only do they add to our sense of worth and greatness, but they also have an interlinking message, each dimension, the double parsha, Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos Chazak, all these things come together and there is a link between all of them at this particular time of the year. As I said, it's a time on the one hand that introduces a deeper dimension of sadness, but at the same time, 
it brings to mind deeper and greater divine gifts and energies. And it's up to us. It's up to us to somehow look at this. Because as people with minds, with hearts, with souls, we have the ability, we have the capacity of recognizing extremes and even extreme opposites. We aren't caught up into a unidimensional aspect of that which exists. We have the capacity of seeing greater and even opposite dimensions within the same situation, within the same reality. And while, of course, there is that dimension of sadness, we are obligated to see that which is beyond. As I mentioned last week, while we remember and commemorate the destruction of the temple, we also have to remember the rebuilding of the temple with the coming of Mashiach, because this is the time that we think about these ideas. We think about these things. On the one hand, we see destruction, but at the same time, we speak about rebuilding, we speak about that which will be with the coming of Mashiach. And this is why this multidimensional view of that which takes place comes to fore today, tomorrow, this very special Shabbos, which contains so many different powerful elements and dimensions. The double parsha of Matos and Masse that we'll explain soon. The idea of Chazak, the end of the book of Bamidbar, which in a sense concludes the first four books of the Torah and Erev Rishchodesh Menachem of bringing Rishchodesh Menachem of tomorrow, the first of But what is this really all about? What is this idea of these incredible divine gifts coming together? Stop for a moment and consider what Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is all about. Our sages tell us something quite profound, something which is quite powerful. And that is that each and every single Chodesh, each and every single month is connected with one of the 12 tribes of Israel, of the Jewish people. Each one has a unique relationship with one of the twelve sons of Jacob. And the particular tribe that is connected with the month of Menachem Av is the tribe of Shimon. Shimon, who was the second son of Yaakov and Leah. And when he was born, Leah said to Hashem, I will call him Shimon because Hashem has heard my prayer. Shimon comes from the word Shmua, to listen, to hear. In fact, the single most important prayer that we have is the Shema, Hero Israel. What is hearing all about? Hearing is the ability to distinguish between noise and words that are logical and sensible. Not only logical and sensible, but words that contain ideas and depth. Hearing is also the ability to distinguish between right and wrong, between that which is true and that which is a lie. Hearing also enables us to see and hear things clearly. As we read, Ozen Milin Tevachen, the ear gives us the ability of distinguishing sounds and making sense, making deep sense of that which we hear. This is what Shimon represents. What happened on Tishabov is not only the destruction of the first and second temple. It happened long before that, soon after the Jewish people came out of Egypt and Moshe had sent the agents into the promised land to investigate 
how they should actually enter, the Jewish people should enter the promised land. And the agents came back with a negative report. Only two of the agents, Kalev and Yehoshua, came back with a positive report. But ten of them came back with a negative report. And they somehow spoke to the people and convinced them to listen to this deceitful report. And the people didn't listen to Kalev and Yeshua. They listened to the other ten and they began to cry. And Hashem said, being that now you cry for nothing, I will give you something to cry about in the future. That day was Tisha B'Av. And Tisha B'Av, of course, is the day of the destruction of the first and second temple. What was the sin of the people at the time? They didn't listen properly. They didn't listen to Kalev and to Joshua. And they didn't hear the truth. They chose to listen to words of lies. This is what the month of Ab is all about. To rectify the power of hearing. To rectify that which the Jewish people at that time aired. They made the mistake of not hearing properly. Of not recognizing with the power of hearing words of truth and that which is untrue. Shimon is that tribe that is connected with the month of Av. And during the month of Av, we have to think about how can we learn to listen and to hear far more clearly so that we are able to distinguish between right and wrong, to hear things clearly, to hear sounds as they should be heard. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Menachem We're talking about this very special month, which begins tonight, tomorrow, or Shodesh. And we're talking about what happened that caused the ultimate destruction of the first and second temple. And while, of course, historically, the Jewish people didn't behave at the time of the destruction of the first and second temple. But the actual cause, as I mentioned earlier on, began far earlier when the Jewish people didn't listen properly. And therefore, to correct that which went wrong, we have to learn how to listen properly. And listening properly means how to distinguish between various different types of sounds. Which sound is a proper sound? Which sound is an improper sound? What is true and what is, in fact, not true? What is positive? What is correct? What is negative? What is destructive? Listening is a tremendously powerful energy and it has an incredible effect upon oneself. How we hear things, how we hear things determines really how we ultimately behave. Had the Jewish people at the time listened correctly, had they listened to Caleb and to Joshua, they would have entered Israel at that time. And that would have been the total and complete redemption. Moshe, Moses would have entered together with the Jewish people. But they didn't listen. And therefore, in any type 
of situation. The art of listening is so important. And not only in great general dimensions, but in personal relationships as well. We know full well how important the art of listening is to hear what the other is saying. It is so important that communication is such. Of course, what we articulate is important, but at the same time, how we hear what the other is communicating is vital and important as well. And this is why when we come to the double Parsha of this week, the Parsha is Matot and Masai. And the idea of listening becomes so important within that context as well. How does the Parsha begin in the first of this two, this two weeks Parsha? It speaks about vows and promises. What kind of vows? That a person has placed certain restrictions upon themselves. The Torah says there are certain things you are allowed to do, you may do, and there are certain things you may not do. But even in things that you may do, sometimes a person feels that he or she doesn't have the strength, the ability to control themselves even within the permissible. And therefore, they make some sort of neder, they make some sort of vow to restrict themselves from indulging or somehow involving themselves in this particular physical activity. And this is something that we have to understand. A human being has to know his limits. A human being has to understand what in fact his strengths are, what in fact his weaknesses are. What is that really all about? Listening to yourself, knowing who you are. Because listening and understanding basically are intrinsically connected because the art of understanding comes with the art of listening. Once you hear words, once they enter into your brain, the power of understanding begins to make you connect with that which you've heard. And this is why within oneself, you have to hear yourself. You have to know yourself. You have to understand yourself. As our sages tell us, not everything that is permissible is really acceptable as far as you are concerned. You might have certain weaknesses. You might have certain issues. And therefore, it is important to restrict yourself. And this is where the vows, this is where the darim come into play. This is how the Parsha begins. Why? Because the Jewish people are at the brink of entering the promised land. And as we've learned so many times over the last few months, what happens when they enter into the promised land? They are going to leave the bubble of spiritual protection. And they're going to go into a physical world, a physical reality. In the wilderness, in the desert, all their physical needs were taken care of, protected by the clouds the miraculous well, the manna that fell from heaven. But going into the land, they're going to have to work the land. It becomes an altogether different type of experience. And in fact, this is what happened when the agents went into Israel. They turned to the people and they say, we cannot go into the land. We don't have the strength. They frightened the people. They said, you will never withstand the pressures of physical life 
as the rest of the world does. And this is why they panicked, they cried, they didn't listen properly, and they chose to remain in the wilderness and they were punished. Forty years, 39, 40 years later, they're about to enter the land, the new generation. But they have to remember entering the land of the physical dimension. You also have to know certain limits within those realities. Don't overestimate your abilities. Don't underestimate your weaknesses. And this is where the opening Parsha of Matot begins. The idea of implementing and applying the art of listening into every single area of life. What is good for one may not be good for the other and vice versa. Not every single individual is the same. We all have incredible, complex, magnificent differences. And when we understand those differences, we know who we are. We know what we can do and what we cannot do. And what we have to do from time to time in order to avoid the pitfalls of that which can, God forbid, bring us down, even within the realm of that which is permissible. And this is why the idea of Menachem of coming at this particular time when we read these particular portions in the Torah is so important. Because this is a time we have to ask ourselves, do I, knowing myself, have to apply any restrictions in my life? Do I have to apply any type of barriers in my life? Certain people shouldn't be eating certain foods. Others can. Certain people, unfortunately, if they eat particular type of foods, react badly. Others don't. When does a person know this? When he or she know themselves. And this is true in every single area. People who have allergies. People who have certain complex elements within themselves and therefore they have to create barriers and restrictions within themselves however there comes a moment when a person says now I am strong enough I have limited my involvement I have created certain barriers but now I'm strong enough and now I wish to be absolved from the vows that I make this is how the Parsha begins. Again, the art of listening, the art of knowing yourself, to know when you should apply barriers, when you should apply restrictions in your life, and when they should be removed. And this has to be done objectively. You cannot do it on your own. You have to go to someone who's older and wiser, or to a group that's older and wiser. And they have to objectively determine if, in fact, the time has come for you to remove those barriers, to remove those restrictions. How does the Parsha continue? The Parsha continues with the whole idea of entering the Promised Land. Not only entering the Promised Land, but avenging the Jewish people by going into battle against Midian, who 
unfortunately caused the Jewish people to behave in a way which brought about terrible destruction, as we read last week in the story of Pinchas. And this is something, again, which takes tremendous understanding. Sometimes we enter into a certain reality, and we say to ourselves, how wonderful, how easy, how beautiful. We're being accepted. Social acceptance, social involvement, whatever the case might be. And we don't see, we don't understand, we don't hear the reality, the reality properly. We think to ourselves, ah, it's a new world. It's a new order. Everybody's living together wonderfully. But sometimes in so doing, it erodes the values that we stand for. It erodes the beliefs that we have lived with, it begins to break down that which we are. And this is something, again, which takes the art of listening to recognize that which is good and that which is not good. And that which appears to be good, it appears to be wonderful. A sense of overall equality for all. But sometimes that type of dispensation might be destructive to the Jewish cause. Sometimes we have to say to ourselves, thank you, but no thank you. I want no part of that. I wish to live a life with certain restrictions. I have a Torah which gives me certain obligations, positive commandments and prohibitions, negative commandments. Yes, you might say, we live in a new world, in a modern world where everything is fine and everything is good. There's no such thing. A modern world where everything is fine and everything is good. Does it conform with the values of Torah and mitzvahs? And this again is how the Parsha continues. How does the Parsha continue? The Parsha continues as avenge that which the Midianites did. They seduced you. They blinded you. They stopped you from hearing properly that which you should hear properly. They stopped you from applying the art of distinguishing between that which is good and that which is evil, that which is constructive and that which is destructive. Learn to remove that from your own society, community, and reality. Learn to reintroduce the incredible gift of hearing the Torah value, of hearing the Torah words. This is how the month of Av begins. The month of Av begins not only on a note of extreme sadness, because it ushers in the nine days. It doesn't only begin with remembering the destruction of the first and second temple. It also is there to remind us that there is something we can do about it. There is some way that we can rectify that which has gone wrong. We can rectify it personally within our own lives. We can rectify it in a general sense for the entire Jewish people. What happened then? We didn't listen properly. We have to relearn how to listen properly. Sometimes we have to apply barriers and restrictions in our lives. Sometimes we have to remove barriers and restrictions in our lives. 
Sometimes we have to look at the society in which we live and say, thank you, but no thank you. What you say is, well, free and easy. There is no such thing as free and easy. Does it conform with the words and the values of Torah? Or is it in conflict with that which I stand for and that which I believe in? And this is what the month of Av, as it begins, it's not only a time of acting with sadness. It's a time of standing up and acting with pride and with strength and saying there is something I can and will do in order to properly commemorate that which has gone wrong. It's not only that I sit in a dark corner weeping and wailing, but I stand up and say there is something that I can and must do in order to show that I understand that which has gone wrong. But more of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. To the Pasha, the second Pasha of this week's two Parshas is Masai, which speaks about the 42 journeys and the encampments that the Jewish people had while they were marching through the wilderness over the years from the time of the Exodus until the time that they crossed the Jordan, coming into the Promised Land. And in detail, the Torah tells us precisely where these 42 encampments were and these 42 journeys. Now, we don't talk about the encampments. We call it Masai, the journeys. And this is something which is so important for us to understand. Because very often, we think about destinations, but we forget that in order to reach a destination, there is a journey. And very often, the journey becomes secondary. It's a means to an end. We have to get from point A to point B in order to get to point B. We don't look. We don't see. We don't actually experience the journey itself. All we think about is getting to the place that we want to get to. Torah tells us the journey is as important, if not sometimes even more important, than the destination. Yes, of course, we reach a destination and there is much to do at the destination. There is all sorts of important things that take place at a destination. But the journey, how to get to the place, the actual experience of getting to that place is equally important because that is what life is all about. Not only the place that we are at, but how to get to the place. And not only geographically, but throughout life, there are so many journeys. The journey of age, moving from young age to older age, middle age, older age. Ideas, intellectual development, emotional growth. There are so many journeys in life. And it's not only destinations. We don't wake up one morning, yesterday we were infants, today we're adolescents, tomorrow we're teenagers, then middle age, and suddenly we are well into our old age. We don't suddenly get there. Every single day is part of the journey. And part of the journey makes it real, makes it precious, makes it what it's all about. It's not from one place to another. It is the actual movement itself because each and every single step of the way is part of what we call life. But how do we do that? Because a journey exposes us to situations of danger. 
And as our sages tell us, that all roads are unfortunately at times dangerous. And this is what this Parsha is all about. As we conclude the Parsha of Masai, what do we do? We stand up and call out, Chazak, be strong. This is something that we have to know. This is something that we have to do. The ability to strengthen ourselves and to strengthen each other so that we have the courage, the ability, the wisdom, the vision to continue with those journeys with pride, with dignity, with purpose. It binds it all together. We learn to listen properly. We learn to develop our listening power correctly. We learn to distinguish between right and wrong. We learn to recognize the times that we have to build barriers and the times that we have to remove barriers when we have to apply restrictions even to that which is permissible and when we have to remove those restrictions. We have to understand when to see things within society that are acceptable and sometimes to say no, they do not conform with the values of Torah, with the values of God's commandments, and therefore are unacceptable. We at all times have to recognize and realize with tremendous, tremendous strength that in order to continue to reach destinations, we have to have the strength of embarking on journeys where every single day we take another step forward in the most positive way, the journeys of life. And this is why these parshas come together tomorrow when it is Rosh Chodesh. And Rosh Chodesh is a wonderful demonstration of the journey. The light reappears. We've been going through darkness for a bit. And we think to ourselves, how long will it continue? And suddenly, the moon reappears because this is what the journey is all about. We sometimes think to ourselves, it is, in a sense, a lost cause, difficult, overwhelming. We are crushed by the realities of the reality. And then the light appears. What we are going through now as a people throughout the world is a state of darkness, but the light will reappear. Chazak, we have to be strong. We have to learn how to listen, how to distinguish between that which is real, that which is not real, that which is right, that which is wrong, that which is good, that which is evil. We have to have the power of strength, strengthening ourselves and strengthening each other. So tomorrow at home, pick up a chumash and go through both parashiyot. Wonderful things to be told. The vision of the land the battle against Midian, all sorts of wonderful laws, barriers and restrictions. Come to the end, and yes, even at your home, at home, call out Chazak, Chazak. Say Halal tomorrow. It's Rosh Chodesh, a special Musaf prayer. All sorts of special things coming together. Incredible divine gifts. A wonderful combination of tremendous things. Use it well. Use the time well. Begin the month of Menachem Av with vision, with strength. Not only begin with a time of sadness, but also begin with a vision of rebuilding, a vision of a future of greatness. 
of having the ability of doing something with Shabbos and with Chodesh.